Hello again. We do want to welcome you to Bible Studies with Russ. With me today is Brother Michael Allison from uh, the Leaf Summit, uh, Missouri area. I guess, well, that's where the congregation is. You attend there, Chipman Road. So um, now some of you may, some of you listening know Michael from, of course, from there at Chipman, but also from uh, Little Blue Bible Camp. When was the first year, do you think, you started going to Little Blue? Do you have, do you remember? Yeah, so uh, I was nine my first year there so i've been going there my whole life i mean with you know jjb my brother-in-law and tina's my sister and i mean like so they were involved with camp before i was even alive and so then you know just kind of you know it it was you know just kind of one of those obvious things that yeah of course i'm gonna go to little blue i mean there's there's no reason not to so yeah 2004 was the first year that i went there i have only missed two years of being there for a full week one year I was in the hospital because I lost my appendix and I was in the hospital for 15 days, but I still made it out for a day to give a campfire Devo, um, which I probably shouldn't have given because I probably shouldn't have been out at camp that long. But I was there anyway. It was the day after I got out of the hospital and I went there and gave a devotional at the campfire. Um and the other time was I had just changed jobs and I just didn't I couldn't be out there the whole week. But, you know, even still, you know, you can do a lot without being out there counseling and, and doing things. So but I, you know, it's been. At this point, a majority of my life I've spent going out to camp and being a part of that, whether as a camper or <laughs> giving lessons or counseling or whatever. But, yeah, it's a it's a big it's part of my life. You're part of kind of the uh, what I call the, the lifer group. You've been there since, you know, if, you're, if you were there when you're nine up until now, for the most part, like you said, just very few. That's kind of a lifer uh, of, for Little Blue, in my opinion. Now, we met a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, of course, we started helping Little Blue just a couple of years ago, not even that long. And then we were there at uh, Chipman for I held that gospel meeting a couple of years ago go and so we've only been um harassing one another for a short period of time but uh I'm definitely glad you're here with me today um now we have been doing we're not gonna do this today uh, but we have been doing a study on, on the book of revelation and we're gonna take a break from that uh, i'm sure you're not upset by that i know i'm not uh <laughs> and so uh but we're gonna talk about something that's um it's you know we think about friendship and, and our our key our main focus of text is really going to be coming from Proverbs 1, uh, from verses 10 through 19. Uh, and like we see in, in Proverbs, and Proverbs is probably one of my favorite sections of Scripture. Though, you know, I have a lot of them. Like anyone, you think, oh, yeah, this is my favorite. Then you get something else. Oh, this is my favorite. Um, I really enjoy how a lot of Proverbs, it's spoken of like a father speaking to a son. Uh, and in verse 10, it begins that same way. when he says, my son. And I think about how many times we try to encourage, we were talking about Bible camp or, or just friends where it may be. We try to encourage people uh, to consider their friendships and not just their friendships also. But I think also in this context, their um, associations, those people who we hang around with. You know, you have people that you're acquainted with and then, you know, then you have those you really, you know, are, are friends, friends with. But, you know... Let me ask you this question. If, when you start to meet someone and you, you you are going to decide, you know, if you're going to be how much time you're going to spend with them, because I think when you start to meet when you meet someone, you kind of start deciding how much time you're going to spend with that person based upon certain things. And so 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get started here asking this question. When, when you meet someone and, and when you kind of get into that position of, okay, is this someone who I want to spend time with? Is this person who I want to be friends with? What are some things you think about when you start considering stuff like that? It's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a, I'm not the biggest people person in the world. And so for me, you know, the, the type of people that I'm going to hang around are, you know, I've, I've got a very small, you know, kind of inner circle of the people that I'm going to rely on and talk to on a regular basis. And so when you're going to do that, it's going to be, you know, the people that you interact with need to be the kind of people that are going to help you achieve the goals that you're looking towards. And and so that can be true in a lot of, you know, different areas of life. Obviously, you know, when we're talking spiritually, that means that the people that we should be relying on the most are obviously the ones that are going to help us along our, you know, our path spiritually. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you've got someone who's always trying to get you into, you know, some kind of trouble, um, you know, then that's probably not someone, you know, that you need to be hanging around. I was thinking about it this way is, you know, while I'm, you know, I, I really, there's no one, you know, who is, you know, of the church that I work with. I'm very blessed that I'm in a situation where they are very understanding and don't harass me at all about the fact that I don't drink alcohol. And in fact, after, you know, the first couple of times when they're saying, oh, you know, you want to drink? And I say, oh, no, I don't, I don't drink alcohol for religious reasons and personal reasons and lots of reasons. But, you know, they're like, oh, okay. And, you know, suddenly after that, you know, the team potluck, suddenly there was twice as many drink options that were non-alcoholic. And I think, I think for that, that's a very, that's an incredible thing to see out of the world, um, first of all. But, you know, just ha to have people around you that are going to, you know, because the reality is, is, you know, we're called to be, uh, separate from the world, but we still have to live in the world. We have to interact with people in the world. So if you can possibly be in a situation where the people you interact with that are of the world, that they understand and aren't going to ridicule you for the choices that you make that are different from them, they might not understand them, but they accept them. That's huge for you as a Christian. Um, but the people that you're going to rely on them more than anything else are going to be those that are walking the same path that you are. And that I think is, you know, kind of the, the different levels that there are because you have the, okay, these are the acquaintances. These are the, these are the people that I know will have my back for what I'm trying to accomplish. And these are the people that are going to help build me towards that goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, and like you say, we're not, we're not going to be around only Christians all the time. You know, uh, that would be nice. Uh, you know, that's something for us to think about when we think about heaven. But, you know, again, you, you can't be around. You're going to be around people who are going to be doing things that you don't approve of. Uh, you're going to get caught in situations that you there are going to be things going on that you don't approve of. And so you have to, you know, you really have to decide how you're going to handle it. And hopefully, hopefully people, like you said, will respond in a uh, respectful, <laughs> respectful way. Um, and it gets really tough sometimes with, with, with family, uh, because families can have traditions sometimes some very strong, deep rooted, uh, traditions. And, and so it's hard to, to handle that or difficult to handle that sometimes. Um, 
and we look at as we look at Proverbs uh, chapter one, and uh, again our focus is kind of ten through nineteen, but we're not going to look at all this in tremendous detail. Uh, but thinking about this first verse and how it's worded, and like we mentioned before, how so much of this is in Proverbs, at least in, in the first several chapters, is my son, my son. But he identifies the group he wants us to be cautious about. And he specifies by saying, my son, if sinners entice you, uh, you know, that that word entice is the idea of uh, of kind of trying to to lure you in and, and, and you know, entice you sometimes is, is used in a good sense. We kind of joke around about, you know, someone enticing us to have for me cake, which that's pretty easy to do. But here it's spoken of in a very strong negative way if, if sinners entice you. And so there's specific groups of people. And specific uh, lifestyles that we have to be on guard against, and, and prepare ourselves to decide. Okay, how are we going to handle this? And, you know, like like you were saying, we're you're invited to certain events. Okay, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to address this? Because we are, like you say, you know, we are called to be lights lights in the world. Uh, we are called to be those who are reaching out to the lost, and and. Again, I'm repeating what you're saying. Uh, we have to live in the world. We don't have to be of the world, right? We don't have to be like them. And that's part of the reasons why I believe it's Peter that says we are a, a peculiar people. Christians are different in a lot of ways, not just because our interests are different, because you know, when you're a Christian, your interests do change to some degree. Uh, but you know, we have to – you can't win the lost if you're not around the lost. <laughs> you know, that's, that's something right. we have to think about. Um, but you know, when you read this, when you look at verse 10 and, and any of these things, what, what comes to your mind when you hear the idea, you know, about being on guard against certain groups and this warning about them enticing us to join them? You know, it, it was really interesting as I was reading, you know, this whole, uh, you know, the 10 through 19 as a whole, uh, the other day. Um, because it's such a situation that we really, we just don't get into where someone really doesn't get, I've never had anyone come up to me. as was like, Hey, you want to go mug this person? Do you want to, do you want to go wait for someone on the streets? Wait for <laughs> someone who looks like they've got their pockets lined and like, take it from, I've never had that happen to me, but there is like the, there is such a culture and you know, I'm a, I'm a software engineer and I, I'm a programmer. That's what I do for a living. And there's such a culture in so many places. And so many people who do what I do have this culture of working 80 plus hours or more a week. I, they work, you know, 7 AM to 11 PM and they go to bed and they get up the next morning at seven and start work again. I mean, that's like, there are places where people that do what I do work that way. And that's crazy to me. And for people to, and for those people, they almost expect that that me, I don't work in a place like that, luckily. But but there are some places that I know I don't want to work there because I know that's how their developers work. And I don't want to work that way because there is they are so caught up in what they're trying to gain that they are willing to give up everything else. And that's such a such a dangerous thing to be in. That's so much more, I think, what. You know, in, in that context of trying to, you know, their their greed is setting in, they're going to try and entice you in that way to to give up the actual important things in your life just to try to increase your bottom line and make your, you know, make your increase greater. 
uh, which were typically salaried. So I don't even know why we would do that to begin with, because we're not making any more money. We're not we're not paid by the hour. But but, you know, that's one of the things that I thought of is, is, you know, so much more like I mean, there's you know going to be times where, you know, I mean, there are people that I know, they'd be like, oh, it'd be so cool. You know, we could do some kind of tech startup. You know, we could do this. We could do that. And I'm like, OK, but that's not going to be able to support my family for years to come. So I'm going to have to work another job just to make ends meet, which means I'm putting in way more time than I need to be, which means my I'm going to neglect my wife when I have kids. I'm going to neglect them, too. I'm going to neglect neglect my spiritual life. I can't do that. You know, maybe when I was a bachelor, that might have been possible. But now I have other responsibilities and it's, you know, that becomes so much more important. And especially on the spiritual side of things, you can't allow someone trying to to increase their wealth and go into that with you. I mean, you know, that's that's a huge part of it. You know, verse 14 says, cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse like we the people that we should rely on, that we work with that closely to where what's yours is mine, what's mine is yours, should be people that we know have the same outlook on life as us, that this life isn't what matters. And it's we're working towards, you know, we're working to serve God in this life to join him in the next. Yeah. And and I like that you brought up this this idea of of because there is a lot of enticement, especially like you said, yeah, I've never been I've never been enticed by anyone to go and mug someone or try to <laughs> try to kill someone uh, <laughs> because if that ever happened, you only hear some some big guy scream and run the other way, going arrest that man. But but uh, it, it, we do get enticed to do things that do harm us spiritually. Uh, sometimes yes, we may get invited to go somewhere that could harm us physically, but probably most of the time it's going to be spiritually. And like you said, you know, we get we do get some temptation by employers to and by sometimes by our fellow employees to work longer than we really have and have to. And I, I think about it, you know, when you're talking about that, I was thinking about how, you know, what happens if you burn a candle too long, it's going to go out, right? It's just going to be nothing left, but just a puddle of, of nothing. And that's what I think about so many times that, you know, there's a difference between working hard and providing for your family and providing for for yourself and all those types of things. And there's a difference between that and going to the other end of the spectrum where you're just burning the candle to the very end and you're losing, you know, what what do you gain? The When you think about it, you don't gain really all that much. Like you said, if you're salary, you don't get anything but a headache, right? <laughs> you know, you lose time, like you said, yeah. with family, with friends. Um, <clears throat> it starts to wear on you, uh, not just physically, but mentally as well. You know, I think I've always thought, or maybe I shouldn't say always thought, but I thought as of late that, Mentally and physically, they truly go hand in hand a lot more than what people realize, because when you burn yourself out physically, it's going to mess you up mentally and the same way as well. If you're stressed out mentally, it's going to you're going to have some physical attributes of that as well. And and we look at verse 11 here of Proverbs 1. And he again, you know, <laughs> talks about lying awake to shed blood. Uh, we're not going to be around that, hopefully. But I think about this this word that he uses here in verse 11. He says, let us lurk secretly. If we, you know, if we have to do something 
secretly or do something kind of in a, in a lurky shady way, as I call it, is probably a good indication you shouldn't be doing it. And we all at times can get caught up in doing things. We realize, like, you know what? I shouldn't be doing this. And we, we come out of it and we, we get away from it. But here, this is the idea of being enticed to do those things. And I think it's, you know, you have to be aware of what's happening. And sometimes if you're not paying close attention uh, and you get caught up in something, you don't realize what's happening until maybe it's too late or you can buy to do, you know, whatever it may be. You may have a second say, well, wait a second. I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't a good idea. You know what? Let's let's rethink this. And that's what I think about here in verse 11. He says, let us lurk secretly uh, for the innocent without cause. If it has to be done in secret. That's a pretty good indication we need to stay away from it. And and we know today there's a lot of things that are done in secret, to put it in a very broad uh, broad way. And, uh, you know, the, the world around us has a whole different view about right and wrong. You know, there are websites out there now that are dedicated to really to people who want to have affairs, which is just mind-boggling uh, to me. Um not to the world, not to the world, but uh, but you know it's we have to think about if we I think we think about those types of things and we and we start to ask ourselves maybe ask our our friends or companions well why do we need to do this in this way well because we really you know and it really starts to starts to uh, help us understand that we really should be involved in that and you know as you look through through all this we start seeing in verse 12 you know it says let's swallow them up like she old and, and a hole like those who go down to the pit again basically taking care of the, taking advantage of the wicked or the innocent rather uh and and the hole being referenced to whoever they can attack and bring them down to the pit or the dungeon is really what that's referring to um but, but then in verse 13 which is really kind of hitting on a little bit more like what you're like you were, what you were referring to a second ago when he starts start talking about work and and trying to get ahead because you know, he starts talking about possessions, which it's amazing how many times material things are involved uh, in sinfulness. Uh, and you look at verse 13, he says, we shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Uh, you know, I think about it. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with having things we have to have some things to to be able to accomplish other tasks you know vehicles and homes and things such as that but it's it's the it's the attitude we find in verse 13 and it's really it's it's greediness there's jealousy there's covetousness and you know we start thinking about who we want to spend our time with if we start seeing that in, in our friends one i hope we'll call them out on it and two if they're not willing to to change or maybe especially they're not a Christian. Sometimes they're not willing to change or consider those things. We have to start thinking, okay, how am I going to handle this? Because it will start rubbing off on us most definitely. Uh, but you know, as we look at this, uh, Michael, when you think about verse 13 and, and some of these other verses, you may want to comment on as well. What are some things that, that's, that come to your mind when you think about these types of, of problems? You know, it's one of those – you definitely hit a nail on the head when you said that, you know, so many of – like so many problems of sinfulness come down to physical things. And, you know, you were talking a second ago about, uh, you know, there's there's now websites. I didn't actually know that, that there were websites now for people wanting to have affairs with each other. And and that – yeah, it's just bizarre. But it it definitely goes back to, you know, just that idea that, that – Sin does come down to, in the end, a fulfillment of our lusts and desires and things that 
that we want typically that we know that we can't have. And, and especially in this case, I mean, like, you know, it comes down to, to covetousness and, and wanting things that you don't have and things that, uh, that you're also not willing to, uh, uh, to work for yourself. And that's, uh, you know, that's another thing that, that Solomon talks about, you know, in the book of Proverbs, I have it written down on another computer, so I wish I had that, that one up right now. Here it is. In Proverbs 21, 25, uh, says, The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. And I think there's two interesting things when we think about that, because number one, the slothful, so the lazy, those that aren't willing to work, they just want and want and want, and they want what other people have. I mean, they're, they're covetous. They have this, this just desire to have more and more, but they're not willing to do anything about it, which that's, you know, that's just going to be a, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy there that you don't have, you're not going to do anything. So you're going to continue to not have, but then also it's an, there's an interesting, you know, kind of, mirror image there of what the righteous do because the righteous are generous they're willing to give and there's not there's not an end to that willingness to give and obviously you know we need to not be be so generous that we then leave ourselves with nothing to where we we've given all our money away we can't even put food on our own table that's that's not what it's saying that's not what it's saying to do but it's saying that that if we have an excess which you know in a, we're in a uh, place typically, you know, in, in, in the United States, I mean, we're very well off and, and we really do have excess, but, you know, for the opportunities that we see to, to be generous and to help others who maybe are lacking, we need to be looking for those opportunities and taking those and, and not be, you know, not be uh, a Scrooge in those situations and, and, keeping back just because, well, we don't want to see, you know, our bank account numbers tick down farther than, you know, they are, uh, you know, than where they are right now. <clears throat> yeah. And, and there's, there's a lot to that. When you think about how we, in, like I said, and like, like we've been saying, possession affects so much and we have to, we have to have them to a certain degree, but it's also our attitude about it. And, and I want to switch gears a little bit for like the last five minutes we have here, and we're going a little bit longer than I wanted to, but that's okay. Uh, it's my podcast. We can do that, right? But I wanted to switch over here to Proverbs chapter 18, and this is probably one of my favorite verses, and that's Proverbs 18 and verse 24, which uh, I'm sure it's not. It's one that you're you're familiar with as well. It's pretty well known there, and where he says there, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That is probably one of my favorite verses when you think about friendship in general. You know, sometimes we will apply that. I think you can apply this in several different ways without it being incorrect. It really just kind of depends on your viewpoint and how you want to how you want to approach it. But he says a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Now, think about how, you know, sometimes I hear people complain and I, and I don't always say this to them. If I do, I say it in a much nicer way, uh, complaining they don't have any friends or they don't even want to hang out with. And one of the things I think about is, well, how do you treat those who you want to be friends with? You know, is it, are you, are you kind to them? You know, yes, we joke around, but are you actually kind to them? Or are you just harsh and always just, you know, 
hard on people. Uh, I think there's a lot of folks out there today who do not know how to be friendly to the degree of having friends and having companions. They have no idea uh, what that means, uh, how to interact with people. Um, and it's something that I think over as we get older, uh, we, we learn more and more how uh, how to talk to people, how to communicate with them and, and, and being ourselves the whole time. But uh, you know, like the verse says, he who has friends must himself be friendly. If you want to be a friend, you have to act like one. And but I think about this last phrase. I'm gonna let you uh, read this and and say what you what you think about it. For I do. Um, but he says here, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And so, and I just read that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're going to. I've done this before. Can't you tell? Um, but when, when you think about that last phrase there, verse 24, Proverbs 18. What what do you think about? You know, when I that that's honestly one of my favorite phrases because I there are there is such a you know there is definitely a time in in place to surround yourself with so many people and and be friendly, but sometimes there is a situation where having one or two people that you are so so close to that know you better than anyone like a brother would know you um you know this is someone who's like family this is someone that you would would you know count on for anything and there are people that are that way and that's not necessarily going to be someone that you're related to you know by blood but there are people that are going to to be there for you in the worst of times but also those are going to also going to be the people that are going to tell you when you've messed up, uh, which is something that for a lot of people, when, when you have a lot of friends, well, that's probably because they're all, you know, you're all getting along for the most part, but a friend that sticks closer than a brother is going to be there even when you don't get along. And, you know, working at a camp and working with the youth and, you know, the, uh, especially, you know, counseling cabin three, the last couple of years and have a bunch of, you know, 16 to 19 year old guys that aren't always going to get along and they're going to fight and they're going to argue um, and they're going to disagree. But I've actually seen them and I've seen those guys disagree. They'll argue, they'll, you know, you know, whether it's over text or in person or whatever, but they walk off, they cool it off. And before the end of the day, you know, they're they're back on the same page again. And that's what that's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. It's you're going to call each other out when you're doing something that you're not supposed to do. And that's that's a hard thing to do to your friends. That's a hard thing to do. But someone who's willing to do that for you, those are the people that you want to be closest to, because those are the people that really, truly, truly care about you. Yeah. And and you think about how those types of friendships are the ones that help you get better. You know, we think about the, uh, the verse there and I didn't look it up ahead of time, but it talks about how as iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens uh, countenance of his friend. I believe that's how it's safe. I butchered it. You can look Proverbs it up. Proverbs 27, 17. There you go. That's why you're on the show, right? <laughs> I looked that up for another study a couple of days ago. But, you know, the idea is 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 there of friends helping friends get better. And it's not always sunshine and rainbow. Sometimes it's 
calling one another out sometimes it's patience about trying to get over uh those things so it, whatever the the it may be but also it's it's enjoying you know those times of 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 loyalty together with with god you know there's there's so many blessings when it comes to true friendship that people don't realize because um, we, as we're talking about this especially in the in, well in the christian in the for the christian who has that close friend you can you get to enjoy uh not only the fellowship with that person but also you get to worship god together uh you get to to attend various uh church related events together uh the times and the activities that that, that allow you to grow closer to god as friends doing that together um you know th there's there's really no comparison to that uh, when you think about friendship and, and how it can be improved because God improves everything, including friendships, obviously marriages as well. Uh, he makes everything better uh, because God, through his word, will help us choose the best, you know, those who we should be surrounded with. And it's interesting when you look at uh, Proverbs 19, which we're not going to. It talks even more about um, friends as well. In fact, it says here in verse four, wealth makes friends, but the poor are separated from his friend. And the idea there that wealth and poor, and, uh, basically that finances can affect friendship and it shouldn't, which is, I mean, that idea is just ridiculous. But for a lot of people, it does. It, it you know, someone's wealth or lack thereof determines who their friends are. And, you know, that's, that shouldn't be the case. Um, anything you want to add here before we close out here today? No, I, I mean, I think I think we've covered it well. I think the one the one thing that I wanted to, you know, say with, uh, you know, just that idea of iron sharpening iron is is, you know, that that does mean that sometimes it's going to hurt. You, know, you think about sharpening something you think about, you know, when you're when you're bringing a, an old blade back into a, a position that you're going to be able to use it, um, you're scraping off rust and, you know, all of the all of the 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 word escapes me, but all of the things that are uh, impurities, that's the yeah. word I was looking for. All of the impurities, all of those things that are, that are causing it to not cut and not work correctly. And you're getting rid of all those things to be, you know, sharp and useful and the best version of yourself that you can be. That's going to hurt. Um, but it's beneficial in the end because sometimes, you, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, you know, you've got something wrong with your back and you go to the chiropractor. That's not always that always, doesn't always feel good. But after you get all of everything worked out, you feel so much better because you've gotten all of the impurities, all of the imperfections are gone. And that's what we need to be able to do for each other and how we can improve each other. You know, we can we need to be doing that and going to each other, obviously, through, you know, with with the word of God and taking that and reproving each other and edifying each other and, and doing all those things and taking out the impurity and replacing it with godliness and righteousness in each other. And that's, that's what, you know, it's not always easy, but it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you're talking about removing those impurities. And I think about, um, <laughs> one of my favorite movies of all time has one of the best quotes about basically, like you said, of, of doing the hard part and 
And there's a scene in the movie Hoosiers where they're asking uh, <laughs> the coach, you know, how are you going to get the basically how are you going to get the boys all on the same page? And he said, we're going to tear them down and build them back up. And that's basically the same idea with, with friendship. Sometimes, sometimes you have to tear it down uh, and and go back to the very beginning. Uh, you know, my my dad used to paint cars when I was a little kid. He'd paint cars and UPS vans and those things stuff in, uh, back in the day, and they weren't bare metal when they came in, but there was occasions when he would work on a vehicle and he had to take it back to a certain degree before he could do anything good with it. It's getting back to <clears throat> where it ought to be and say, okay, we're going to start here at the base and start back over. And that's what you have to do sometimes with, with friends. You have to tell them, you need to, you need to, you need to think about what you're doing. Or, and sometimes we're the ones who have to hear that. And so there's nothing wrong with, with getting out those impurities getting you down to where uh to the bare metal and starting all over again okay we're gonna stop there today i do thank you for being here with us on bible stage with Russ. i do thank michael for being here with me as well maybe in the future i can uh, hog time getting back on here with me again uh, do another program here with me as well we do thank you for being here with us today we hope to see you again next time <laughs>